text today is in John chapter 5 and verse 17. John chapter 5 and verse 17. You know, snowflakes are unique. Everyone is different. Human beings are unique. From our fingerprints to our personalities to the gifts that God has given us to fulfill His purpose, all of us are different. Some things are unique in a little bit greater way. Uh, one person said that Jesus healed a man born blind. Who's ever heard of someone being healed who was born blind? But Jesus Christ is unique at a whole different level. Jesus was the God-man. And in his person, as, as a full deity, uh, he is unique. In his privileges that God gives him because of his perfect righteousness and perfect goodness, he is unique. Uh, in his work and his power, he is unique. And we need to understand this uniqueness of Jesus so that we learn to trust him. The scripture that uh, we're looking at today talks about this uniqueness of Jesus, and it mentions the shared work that Jesus does with the Father, which is unlike any other shared work that you and I could do. Um, it, it mentions his deity, uh, it mentions the, the, uh, the gift of God, which is eternal life that Jesus alone can provide. Um, so we look to Jesus for all these things. You know, a lot of people are looking for answers in this life. I'm convinced that the meaning of life, uh, the source of joy, and the source of everything good is found in a person whose name is Jesus Christ. And uh, we need to put our trust in him. Uh, the title of my message is How Jesus is Unique. And so look at me at verse 17. Jesus responded to them, My father is still working, and I am working also. This is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was also calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him everything He is doing. And He will show Him greater works than these so that you will be amazed. And just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so the Son also gives life to whom He wants. The Father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. So that all people may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So how Jesus is unique. Well, how is Jesus unique? Well, first of all, I want you to see, we see his shared work. Now, in verse 17, Jesus is he's responding, if, if you remember... Uh, from last week, he has performed a healing on the Sabbath, and they don't like that. He told the man to carry his mat and walk, and they didn't like that. And so they have begun to persecute him, and, and Jesus has this pattern of healing on the Sabbath, and they don't like that. And so they are opposing Jesus, and Jesus is responding to them in verse 17. He says, my father is still working. In other words, this is my father's work, and I am working 
also. This is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. So, Jesus is claiming a shared work with the Father. Now, you may say, well, I mean, I work, I work also with the Lord Jesus. I, I follow the Holy Spirit's leading. I serve Christ, and I serve God the Father. Uh, how is that any different from Jesus' shared work? Well, Jesus' shared work is different in the quality. <laughs> um, if you've ever worked in the service industry... Uh, there are people with different levels of giftedness, right? I was a busboy for a while, and uh, there were, were some busboys that were good, and they were fast, and boom, 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 got, got things done. Others were slow, uh, didn't get a whole lot done, uh, and there's difference in ability. Um, the same thing is true in most areas of life, right? They have different levels of ability. Uh, some of that's genetic, uh, but, but all of us differ, but we're all limited. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And so he's saying, look, the ministry that you do, you have spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit lives in you, the ministry that you do is done in part. There's nobody here that is perfect in knowledge. There's nobody here who is perfect in understanding all the mysteries of God. We know in part. But when that which is in part is done away, then, then that which is perfect will remain. One day Jesus is coming, and hallelujah, what a day that will be. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus didn't work in part. Jesus has every quality that God desires in perfect measure. He is perfect in who he is and perfect in what he does. And he shares the Father's work, not just as somebody who is a servant, but as somebody who is a son. So that the Father's work is his work. Now what he's saying to the Jews is, they're saying, well, you broke the Sabbath. Well, yeah, he broke their tradition. But Jesus doesn't deny that he broke their tradition. He doesn't deny this. He, he says, look, my father is working and I'm working. In other words, what my father says trumps what you say. And his work is higher than your work. And so I'm going to do what he is doing and I'm going to share in what he is doing rather than trying to follow you and please you. Wasn't too politically correct, but it was true. And Jesus could share the Father's work perfectly because Jesus was who he was. Now, Jesus in his ministry perfectly prepared the disciples for the kingdom of God that was yet to come. The kingdom of God was among them in the person of Jesus, but it was yet to come with the sending of the Holy Spirit. Jesus fulfilled the greatest work of God. At the cross where he died for sin. And he defeated the devil. And he defeated death as he rose powerfully from the grave. He, was a, he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he sits at his right hand. Jesus' work is still changing lives today.
Jesus isn't done. One day he's coming back. And the Bible says, by his brightness, his enemies are slain. By the word that comes from his mouth, his enemies are destroyed. He just has to speak. And he'll have perfect victory. This is the power of our great Savior. His shared work. I'm going to tell you something. Nobody can do a work like Jesus can do. Nobody can share the Father's work like Jesus shared the Father's work. But can I tell you something? Jesus is still at work. He's at work in your life. He's at work in my life. And his work, uh, it, one scripture says, uh, uh, you have made your, my way perfect. And uh, God in his, in his wisdom and in his power is able to help us in life. We can trust him. The work that Jesus did at the cross can be trusted today to save your soul. I want to tell you, nobody else had that privilege to do the work of redemption. No other religion on the face of the, of the earth has that privilege. Jesus and Jesus alone could share the work of redemption. Jesus and Jesus alone can set men free, not only from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin. If the Son of Man sets you free, you shall be free indeed. So we see Jesus' shared work. It was unique, and it is unique. You see the work of Jesus Christ demonstrated among the nations. It's one of the most amazing things. If you look in some of the other parts of the world where the gospel is spreading, Christians are being persecuted uh, in, in, far worse than at any other time in history. Um, the 20th century set records of the worst persecution, the worst century of persecution the world had seen. The 21st century is shaping up to be even worse in persecution, and yet the gospel still goes forward. The horrific things that our brothers and sisters are experiencing around the world has not stopped the movement of the kingdom of God. It continues to go forward. Why? Because it's the work of Jesus. And it cannot be stopped. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is his shared work. We can trust him. Trust him uh, in his work in your life. Trust him by responding to the Spirit as he leads you. Trust his word and base your life upon it. Base your family upon it. And follow him wholeheartedly because he'll do a work in your life that will be a beautiful work. He does all things well. So Jesus is unique, first of all, in his shared work. Secondly, in his full deity. Now it's interesting uh, that in Jesus, as he calls his father, father, these religious leaders understand what he is doing. If you look in verse 18, he says, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Now, see, what they were recognizing, Jesus was claiming to have a work that bore more authority than theirs, right? I'm doing this because my father is working, and I'm joining him in his work. And so they recognized that he was claiming a higher position than them because he was calling God his father and saying that his work superseded theirs. Now, this is true. 
Jesus is God the Son in a different way that you and I, who have trusted Christ, are sons and daughters of God. You and I have been adopted, right? Praise God for it. Adopted into the family of God by the grace, the wonderful, amazing grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But Jesus is different. Jesus is God the Son. (laughs) In His essence, in His nature, He is fully deity, fully God. Everything that it means to be God, Jesus is. Colossians says, all the fullness of deity dwelt in him in bodily form. Hebrews says that uh, by him were all things made. He is God, his full deity. Um, Scripture in the New Testament calls him the one and only, or as the King James would say, the only begotten son. In other words, Jesus is the Son that there is no comparison to. He is God the Son. You see, Jesus could claim this, but Jesus proved this. (laughs) He rose from the dead. He walked on water. He commanded the winds and the waves to be still. He touched a leper and healed him. The demons cowered in fear before him. Jesus was unlike anyone who had ever lived because he was fully God. And the fact that he is full deity is important because if he wasn't, he wouldn't have had the power to pay for your sin and mine. Jesus could de- can deal with an infinite amount of sin in a, in a moment of time because he's an infinite God. Think on that a while, it'll blow your mind a little bit, but, it, but it's true. Only Jesus could have paid the huge debt of sin, the eternity of punishment in a moment of time. Only Jesus could do that, his full deity. Jesus' full deity means that he has all power. But you see, Jesus chose as the Son to respond to the Father. He says, I can't do anything but what I see my father doing. In other words, he submitted himself. Uh, Philippians says he emptied himself and took the form of a man and was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He submitted himself to the father as the son, but he also submitted himself to live the life of faith as you and I live it. He didn't use all of the divine power that he had, but he humbled himself. And he lived out the life of faith that you and I were called to live and couldn't live perfectly. Jesus did it perfectly in our place. And uh, his full deity means that uh, he was able to live the perfect life that we couldn't live. And, And he was able to do what God required to be our substitute at the cross. So his full deity means that you can trust him. Trust Him with your salvation, but also trust Him in life in general. (laughs) You might might say, you know, i got a problem, preacher. I need you to help me. Uh, Well, hopefully you trust my character, that I would help you if I could. Uh, But, uh, you know, sometimes there's a question with other people. You question whether or not there's character. 
But what if I didn't have the power to help you? Maybe you say, you know, preacher, I need a million dollars. I'd say, well, <laughs> good luck to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not a whole lot I can do about that. Um, why? Because I don't have the power, right? I don't have the resources. But Jesus has unlimited resources because he is God the Son, full deity. We can trust him. It's interesting to me, you know, Jesus, in early in his ministry, he didn't emphasize his deity a whole lot. He, he came because he wanted, he wanted to minister, he wanted the people to listen to his teaching. Um, and uh, later on, he began to be more open about his deity. But even here, early in the ministry of Jesus, those who had the, the sense to, to recognize the implications of what he was saying recognize what he was claiming. He's claiming to be God. And that's why they got upset. They wanted to kill him. How dare he claim to be God? Well, he was God. And so, uh, Jesus in his full deity is able to help us in daily life. Did you know there's not a problem that you have that Jesus can't handle? It's sickness. He's the Lord our healer. Is, is it a problem with your family or perhaps in raising your kids? Uh, he, he has perfect wisdom. He not only knows what is best, but he knows how you need to act in that circumstance, how each of your family members is wired, and he knows exactly how to help you. He knows how to help our church. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We can trust in him. Listen, you're trusting in human beings. We can do what human beings can do by the grace of God, but not a whole lot. But what God can do is amazing. He can change the heart. He can set people on a whole new path. It is truly amazing what he can do. And so we can trust him. Trust in him because he is unique in his full deity. So Jesus is unique. How? His shared work, his full deity. Thirdly, his complete understanding. If you look at verse 20, he says, The Father loves the Son and shows him everything he's doing. And he will show him greater works than these so that you will be amazed. His complete understanding. Now you say, well, I thought you said Jesus was God. Isn't God omniscient? Yes. Jesus had the power of omniscience to know everything as, as God in his divine nature. But remember, I told you, Jesus didn't use all the powers he had when he came to this world. It's part of the mystery of the, the incarnation of Jesus when he came to this earth. Uh, to be a man, fully man, fully God in one person. We don't understand it all, but uh, it, somehow it works all together. But Jesus, in his human nature, he had set aside the use of his divine power of omniscience to live the life of faith that you and I live. But here's the thing. God revealed to him all of his plans so that he could join him in the shared work that he had. And Jesus, as God revealed things, would follow the Lord in those things. And he had complete understanding. You and I, God shows us a little bit, right? A lot of times it's just the next step. I, sometimes I wish God would give me a big road map of everything he was going to do, but 
It's more like somebody riding in a car with you saying, turn here, okay? Uh, a lot of times he doesn't give you the full picture. He just tells you the next step. Sometimes he may tell you a little bit more. But what God told Jesus was everything. He had comprehensive knowledge of everything. So he was able not only to do certain things in service for the Lord, but to understand the big picture in which he was doing it. To understand the purposes. He, you know, the disciples were saying, Lord, there's all these crowds. They want you to come back. And here you've, you've snuck out in the middle of the night to pray. And, and uh, don't you know all these people are seeking you? And Jesus said, no, I, I'm going to go on to the next city. You snooze, you lose. No, he didn't say that. But uh, he, he, he knew that God had a different purpose. He saw the big picture. And what the disciples thought was important, he, he didn't follow. Why? Because he was following the plan of God. He had perfect knowledge of the big picture of what God was about and what God was doing. Um, and by the way, he has complete understanding today. Has complete understanding of everything in our lives. Nothing takes him by surprise. Somebody once said, has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? <laughs> he has complete understanding. He doesn't say, well, oh, Roger blew it today. I'm so shocked. No. He knew I was going to blow it before I blew it. Uh, nothing takes him by surprise in our lives, in, in, our, in our work, in our families, in our church. He understands it all. That means we need to come to him for counsel. We need to find counsel in his word for our lives. Listen, you know, it's amazing to me. People will listen to people with a Ph.D. You know, well, I won't go there. Anyway, uh, listen, I want to tell you, Ph.D.s are limited in their knowledge. You know how I know that? They all disagree with each other. They can't all be right, right? Why would you listen to a human being who has limited knowledge, and not listen to the Lord of the universe, who has all knowledge. Come to the Word of God for wisdom. How to do your family, how to live life, how to work, how to save money, how to be generous. All of these things are found in the Word of God. Live your life based on the truth, the bedrock truth of Scripture. Also, Bring your life to him in prayer. Cast your cares upon him. Tell him about your confusion. Ask him for wisdom. God has promised as we ask in faith to give us wisdom in life. And trust that he will be able to help you through it. He may not give you the big picture like he gave Jesus, but he'll give you enough understanding to fulfill your role in his kingdom. He has complete understanding. The disciples were perplexed and mistaken about much. <laughs> right? Jesus at one point said, how long, how long am I going to be with you guys? When are you guys going to get it? Okay? That encourages me. Um, at, but Jesus had complete understanding. And later on, after Jesus' resurrection, things would come to mind that they remembered that Jesus said, 
Oh, that's what he was talking about. You know, I'm convinced that in our lives, a lot of times, if we'll just trust Jesus, we may not understand it. But if we'll just stand on his word and we'll take the next step of obedience in faith, one day we're going we're gonna to get to the other side of it. We'll say, oh, that's the reason he wanted me to do that. Oh, that's what he had in mind. I never thought of that. How amazing. How good he is. How good. Trust his complete understanding. Come to him in prayer. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And follow his leading in your life. And build your life on the truths of his word. So, how is Jesus unique? We see his shared work, his full deity, his complete understanding. And lastly, his great gift. Look at verse 21. Just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so the Son also gives life to whom he wants. Whoever he wants to give life to, he gives life to. Now, Scripture tells us that uh, he will give life to those who put their trust in him. If you're willing to repent and put your trust in Jesus, Jesus has chosen to save those who call upon his name in faith. And uh, what a wonderful thing that is. But what that means is his great gift of salvation, of eternal life, God has given him a unique privilege to give eternal life. Now, I'm not going to name names, but there are people in other religions who will say, well, you can come to us for eternal life. Listen, there's no one else you can go to for eternal life. Only Jesus has been given this privilege to give life to whomever he wants. He gives eternal life. Eternal life is just that. It lasts forever. Not life till you mess up, praise God. Eternal life. He gives abundant life. John 10.10, he says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. Abundant life. Meaningful life. Joyful life. This is what he's come to give. As we walk with him in the fullness of his spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love and joy. Full full, meaningful life. And it's not dependent on outer circumstance. It is life. As he told the woman at the well, it's like a river springing up in your heart up unto eternal life. A river of joy that never ends. This is what Jesus and Jesus alone can bring. He's unique. Listen, you come to me for eternal life, I can point you to Jesus. But I can't save you. Your parents can't save you. Some expert out here can't save you. Listen, I want to tell you, the only person who can save you is Jesus. He'll save your soul from sin, but I want to tell you something. He doesn't stop there. As you come to him as a child of God and you call upon his name, we've seen it in this church. How many prayer requests has God answered over the years? I mean, we've seen some miracles. God answers prayer. Jesus delivers. He's mighty to deliver. He is the Redeemer. Listen, I want to tell you something. Jesus didn't just come to give you fire insurance. He came to deliver you from sin. 
He didn't just come uh, so that you could get in by the skin of your teeth. He came so that you could walk in victory. That's what redemption's all about, to set you free. Jesus gives life. Listen, my life has changed since I came to Christ. It, it really has. The, the guilt that I was carrying is gone because Jesus has taken that away. Um, he has changed me inside. It's hard for me to describe the change that he's brought. But I want to tell you, there's been times where I've not been as close to the Lord as I should be. And I can tell it. I, I, there have been times I've had, I, I've not even known what it was. And sometimes, and I've, I come to God and say, Lord, it seems like something's wrong in my spiritual life. I'm not really sure what it is. Would you show me? And he showed me. So I could confess it and repent of it. But you know what I found? As I confess and genuinely repent, he's always there to give a fresh measure of the water of life. His grace is so amazing. Never ends. Never runs out. I love what uh, Lamentations says. And that, that's probably clean white pages in your Bible. But if you look in the middle of Lamentations, what is Lamentations about? He's, he's lamenting the fact that Jerusalem is destroyed. Jeremiah is looking at the city. The city that he loves, the country that he loves, is devastated because of sin. And he says, Lord, it is of your compassions that we're not consumed. He says, look, I'm evidence. I'm living, breathing evidence of your compassion. Your compassion fails not. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Listen, I want to tell you something. Jesus is faithful. I'm not faithful. You're not faithful. But Jesus is faithful. And he never fails. He is the giver of life. Come to Jesus for the abundant life. Come to Jesus for eternal life if you don't know him. His great gift is like no other. People are looking for meaning and purpose. The self-help books are selling like crazy. A lot of people are distressed, anxious in this world. But I want to tell you, there's life, there's rest for the soul that is found in Jesus Christ. And only in Jesus Christ. He is unique. Come to him for life. How is Jesus unique? His shared work, his full deity, his complete understanding, and his great gift. All judgment is given to Jesus. The judgment, I'm going to give you eternal life, is given to Jesus. But it is also the judgment and eternity is given to Jesus. The Father and the Son talk about their own wishes and so forth. And I'm sure Jesus and the Father are in perfect sync in terms of their wishes and their justice and their righteousness and so forth. But he's given judgment to Christ. One day, no one will be able to answer. Who dies without Christ, there'll be no excuse. Because the one who has nail scars in his hands and on his feet will be the one who's judging. I did everything for you, but you, you, you refused to come. Depart from me. I never knew you. Sobering words. Listen, we need to tell Jesus, we need to tell people about Jesus while we have the opportunity. 
But on the converse of that, he'll be the judge at the judgment seat of Christ to pass out rewards for God's people. Wouldn't that be awesome? To get a reward from Jesus himself. I'm looking forward to it. He's unique in his judgment. Listen, uh, if you want to escape hell, there's only one place to go. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, we ask that this morning that we as your people would seek you with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength, Lord, that we would be seeking you. And Father, help us confess sin and repent of it, Lord, so that we can walk in the fullness of the abundant life that you desire for us. Help us listen to your spirit, Lord, and and to your word so that we can have the wisdom that we need to live life. Help us bring our burdens to you because you're able, Lord. And for those who are here who don't know Christ, Lord, I just, for those who are watching online, Lord, I pray that right now they would say in their hearts, Lord Jesus, I've sinned against you, and I can't save myself, but I, I turn to you. I turn from my sin. I turn to you, and I trust you to forgive me and save me because of your work at the cross where you paid for my sin. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And uh, Lord, let them, let them surrender to you right now and trust you so that they can be saved. And Lord, for, Lord help us respond to you in the ways you desire. Uh, perhaps there's somebody here today that you've led to join with this church. 